podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Hey everyone, before we get into the live reaction of Bruce Weber's resignation at K-State, I just want to tell everyone to check out our sponsors, athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. I start every morning with Athletic Greens. It has all the multivitamins, probiotics, and superfoods that I need to keep me going. If you go over there to athleticgreens.com slash sports drink, you'll get a year supply of vitamin D supplement and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Also, ColorCast will be going live every week, no matter what, all off-season long over at ColorCast. Uh, join us, and, yeah, you know, they, they change stuff around. We can have 11 people up on stage at once, and it's a great time. So go over to ColorCast, download it on your Apple device. Android is coming soon, and we'll be talking to you every single day. Not every single day, every single week, all off-season long. Now, here's that live show reaction. I This sucks. I'm not happy about this. This this is a sad day for me. I'm not going to tell anyone how to feel, and I'm not going to. If people want to come up and give their opinions on Bruce and it doesn't match up with mine, then that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to shout anyone down. But this is not a happy day. Bruce Weber was one of the greatest men to ever coach at K-State in any sport. He is, and I put this on Twitter, uh, of the th- three most successful seasons, three out of the four most successful seasons in K-State basketball history in my lifetime, Bruce Weber has been the head coach. Three of the five most exciting teams in my lifetime, Bruce Weber has been the coach of. I was one of the lunatics that protested him being hired. I was a burn it down person. I had the the clown magnet. I had all sorts of, I I was that guy. I was that toxic person until the elite eight run. And I switched and I can't tell folks how much fun it was cheering for K-State basketball and cheering for Bruce Weber, uh, the person, you know, I, I was lucky enough to sit down with him for this podcast, um, way back, you know, after the elite eight run before the big 12 championship. And and I told him to the face, and you can hear it on the podcast that I was one of those clowns. And all he did was, you know, laugh and say, Hey, thanks for giving me a second chance. And Hey, congrats to you for actually saying it to my face because no one ever does. You know, I, I, I the, he brought us to the highs that we have not seen since the seventies. And yes, the last three seasons are not good. It was time to move on. And I am excited to see what happens, but I've been, quite frankly, kind of disgusted by some of the fans on message boards on Twitter and even in the arena yesterday, um, taking shots at a man who desperately wanted above nothing else to retire a K-State Wildcat and live in Manhattan for the rest of his life. His wife is going to be pissed because I'm pretty sure he's not going to retire. He's going to coach somewhere else next year. And she wanted it. He wanted it. They wanted to be Wildcats for the rest of their life. And he didn't earn it. 
He did not earn it. The last three years, he did not earn that. And I'm not saying that we should have let him keep coaching. That is not what this is. But I, I loved him as a man. I loved the highs that he brought us. And it's a shame that so many fans uh, decided to be so toxic for his entire run. I really hope, and shout out to Jimmy, who I see in, in the uh, chat right now, uh, he, he said it correctly. I really hope the next hire doesn't have 25% of the fan base rooting against him the entire time just so they can say he's right. Again, I was one of those clowns early on, um, and it sucked. I'm a K-State fan above everything else, and that's not fun. I really hope everyone buys into the next guy, and uh, I, and I just really hope that – uh, the next guy gets the full support and doesn't have to deal with this. So that's my two cents. I'm sure we'll uh, I'll, we'll talk about it on the anniversary show that will drop on Monday. Um, we're going to go all in on the coaching search. We're going to go all in on Bruce's tenure. Um, we might have a lot of shows that drop, uh, you know, next week. We might have five full shows. Um, but that's my two cents. I'm sure I'll say more. I'll open it up. Uh, folks can request to come up, say their piece. And uh, we'll we'll just have our uh, we'll just have our uh, fun this morning. Uh, Bruce Weber memories, your thoughts on everything, what you want to see next, uh, really whatever you want to do, uh, it's up to you. We're gonna go to Zach first. Zach, uh, the floor is yours. I'm not going to really prompt anything. Just the floor is yours. Um, pretty tough to follow that up, but. Um... Pretty much I disagree with everything you said. I um I I like everyone probably wanted him gone. Well I definitely wanted him gone, but like everyone probably at some point did. And I was at K State, I started in the twenty sixteen, seventeen season. I wanted him desperately gone before that season, but I was willing to give him a chance. I even put up a fire Weber sign in my dorm window. And so that tells you where I was at. And the same thing. After that Elite Eight run, I completely shifted to, you know, and especially seeing how much his players rallied around him. Ernie, um, we Ernie did, like, and then, of course, we followed it up with, you know, a Big 12 title. And so, I, to have that happen when I was in school was amazing. I mean, I really... I cannot express enough gratitude to Bruce Weber for that because K-State basketball is my first love. Um, the first few seasons of football that I watched as a kid were awful. Snyder's last couple of years were on Prince, and then I get exposed to, you know, Michael Beasley and Bill Walker. So K-State basketball has always been my first love. I'll never emotionally invest in anything harder. So to have those highs when I was in school, I, I'll never be able to express enough gratitude. Well spoken. I, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm someone who, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, during the heyday of, uh, you know, K-State football in a mixed household with family and cousins who uh, were all about KU. And I, and I they, they would always kind of heckle me come basketball season. So when, when you know, Frank came around, K-State, Bob, all that t- type of stuff, it turned it around. Um, but being able to finally get those two Big 12 championships, to have those T-shirts, to have those trophies, 
uh, that that just meant so much to me. And I, I appreciate you kind of giving, you know, how K-State basketball is your first love. And I look forward to I'm sorry that, you know, Android, we don't have color cast. But anytime we have breaking news, we'll, we'll come over here to Spotify. So some Android folks like yourself can get on here. We're going to go to Jimmy next. Jimmy, we heard a lot from you last night in the color cast. Again, that wasn't published. But the news became official, I think, quicker than any of us expected. I got a couple messages earlier this morning saying 10 a.m., and sure enough, those turned out to be right. Um, just say whatever you want. Um, first thing you said it well, um, the, the highs that Bruce brought were pretty high, and things that you know should be looked back fondly, and I think they will by the majority of fans at some point. Um, you know, I'm, I'm older, so I go back to I mean, basketball was my first K-State love because football is dreadful. When I started in the late 80s, kind of following K-State sports, um, first real memory of K-State sports for me is the lead eight run um, in 1988 and getting beat by KU. So I go back to that, and then I've you know been following it ever since. Um, honestly, when I was in school, I saw Altman – Asbury and, and uh, Wooly, so it was it was pretty low times, and and there was never. I think I'd got to the point where I didn't believe K State would ever win a, a league title in basketball, and seeing Bruce bring that twice, um, I don't care if it's shared or not, it's it's a title, and and it, and it goes on a banner and and it counts. So seeing that twice was big, and seeing an elite eight under him was big. So you know three of the highest and best seasons I've ever seen in my life um, come from Bruce. And then, as you said, I, I mean, if we're doing confession, I, I had my moments of fire Bruce as well in 2016 and 17. And, and I was glad he proved me wrong. And um, I'm, I wish him well. I'm glad it's official. I'm glad we moved quickly. And, and now we just need to, to follow and see what happens next. Yep. I appreciate that, Jimmy. And here, here's another thing that, again, this was a Bruce decision. I think Bruce knew what he was doing when he went up yesterday and Gene backed him on this. Th those two, those two leaders who made this decision, they didn't want it hanging over the players any longer. They wanted them to be able to leave on spring break and know the decision has been made, not have to call them back while they were away from campus, not have to, have them answering questions when they get a break from basketball, break from school. I think it's insanely respectful of this team uh, and these athletes that that Coach Weber kind of said, all right, if you're going to do it, let's do it now. And Gene going with that, it, I think it was very respectful of the players and the staff to do it this way. We're going to go to Nick next. Nick, uh, you were part of last night's show, but it's, it's now official. Uh, no prompts, just say whatever. Uh, yeah, thanks, uh, Scott. Just wanted to um, first off say hats off to what you said. Um, I think that's to caveat or piggyback of what you said. Um, and what I said last night, just the fact that we don't deserve Bruce as a man, uh, loving his players, the coaches, the university. Uh, after last night's game and scrolling through Twitter, it was just um, – it was – emotional just in the fact that there are some people out there that don't appreciate what he has done for the university and it was very evident after Frank left 
that Bruce, um, everybody, most of it, everybody wanted him not to do well, which sucks, um, especially for a team in university that you like. Um, but I think he won hearts and minds as time went on, especially with the two uh, Big 12 titles and the uh, Elite Eight run. But um, like I said last night, um, we don't deserve him. And I, I also find it odd that he resigned. So I wonder if this is an indication of he still wants to coach. And if so, where would he go? Um, I'm kind of intrigued by that. So that's all I have. Yeah, I think there's a very good chance Bruce Weber is coaching somewhere next year. Um, you know, I, I think his alma mater, Milwaukee's open. I think uh, Northern Illinois, a place that he has roots in, a state he has roots in, is open. Um, some other mid-majors, because those are low-major schools, will open up. Um, I, I think Bruce Weber will be coaching next year. And the man desperately wanted to retire a Wildcat and stay in Manhattan. His wife... Uh, that's desperately what she wanted. They wanted to be part of the K-State Manhattan community for the rest of their lives. I think it'll still be another two to three years before they get to do that. But I, I think Bruce is coaching somewhere next year. We're going to go to Hayes next. Hayes, any? Uh, yeah, I followed pretty similar path to everyone else, except I'm younger. So I didn't come into it with the hatred on day one. Um but it sure did grow like the 2015s when I thought that people wanted me to tweet 20 times a day about firing Bruce, but I came on the train and I hopped on it hard and I've become a huge fan and this really sucks. And I, I did want him gone. I wanted to change. Um, but I just, I hope that other fan or I don't hope, but like, for our case, I hope that other fan bases act like this because I'm just so embarrassed. Like, there's a – I don't know what percentage it is, but they are loud, and they think that everyone wants to hear their opinion, and I want them to fall off of a cliff. So there they are just some people that are such trash losers that think that everyone wants to hear their opinion, and uh, – Frankly, they're embarrassing the university, and I would not be surprised if players don't want to play here because they see all that noise because they see it. I mean, they're 20-year-old kids. They grew up on social media. That I think you're stupid to think they don't see it. So I just wish that our fan base would move on and grow up and look forward to the future. Yeah, and, and I'll say this. The players do see it. The alumni, the former players see it. Um, and, and this is my my take because again I I was there when I was younger and again I I'm I'm now 30. Um, what what is funny is it, it's not just the college kids. It's not you know the stupid barstool or old row accounts. A lot of the times it is 30 to 40 to 50 to 60. Even I I had you know a woman who obviously was beyond retirement age based on her profile on Twitter, tweeting at me some of this stuff yesterday. Um, young people are stupid. Young people are immature. And I like to think that I, in my age, you know, we've been doing this show for almost four years. I, I think there's a big difference between the person I was when we started this show and who I am now. It's just upsetting to see such a large segment of the fan base, which yeah, they were in their early twenties when this stuff started. 
Um, but they never grew up with it. They never kind of went beyond it. You don't have to, you don't have to even want Bruce to come back or even be a Bruce fan, uh, to, to, uh, to, to, you can want to move on. That, that There's no issue with that. Everyone wanted to move on at this point, and you never had to like the guy. That's fine, but it's people go beyond it. They go with personal attacks. There's folks who straight up make up stuff about him, that make lies about him to try to detract from him, and, and that's just it just come, goes to a maturity level of wanting your prediction when you were 25 to be right so desperately that you continue to go after a man. So, um that's kind of what's upsetting about things. I see, I see Ryan. Uh, what do you believe the reaction uh, to the next hire will be? If it isn't Brad, will we go through another burn it down period? Will the next coach get a fair chance at the jump here? Here's my prediction on this. I, 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 I will put out like an official hot board at some point. I probably a Tuesday show. We'll, we'll have uh, we might have five shows next week because Monday the 14th will be our anniversary show. I'm going to get on with Grant, and uh, we have some news, not some great news about the future of the show, but, um, you know, it, it'll we'll talk about it for the Monday show. But I might have a full week of shows um, next week, and I'll dive into this a little more. But my guess is it's not going to be Brad. I think it's going to be a guy like Grant McCaslin, and I think that – I think that there's going to be a lot more folks who are on board. I think that the good thing about this next coach coming in is the people who are willing to throw away their fandom because of who the head coach is, they hated the previous guy. So anyone besides him is going to be fine. Um, I think there'll still be the 3% who say, why are you going after a conference USA coach and hate him? But I think he's going to get much more rope to start. Now, here's the thing. He's not going to win a big 12 title next year. Probably. He's probably not going to go to the tournament. What was it? Was it the first three years that he went to the tournament or two out of the first three years? He's probably not going to have that immediate success. That will be, that's what, what's going to be interesting to see what some of these folks do if we go 19 and 11 next year and end up in the NIT. Um, so that's what I'll be curious about. But he'll come in with a much higher uh, approval rating than Bruce did. Uh, we're going to my guy, Justin Hall, one of the all-time greats. Um, my man, no prompts. What do, what's in your heart right now? What's up, Mr. Wildcat? You know, just uh, trying to keep Chauncey from squeaking into the mic trying to, uh, you know, do enough work in between my rants on here that uh, the day job doesn't figure it out. And then trying to figure out, you know, I get groceries delivered once a week because I have no self-control and I have to order everything online because otherwise I'm walking home with five boxes of Reese's Pieces Puffs trying to figure out if they're going to deliver since it's snowy out. But, you know, um, it's, it's just the life of a podcast host and a diehard K-State fan. Man, you talk about self-control. I, I was talking with Jimmy about this earlier. I haven't had any. I've not been able to prevent myself from engaging with idiots on Twitter and the message boards this morning. And I told myself I wasn't going to, but I've not been able to follow through on that. But let's talk about Bruce for a second. I want to piggyback off what Nick said. Nick said, we don't deserve Bruce. Man, that is so true. This guy represents all the things that K-Staters value. And we've just had a segment of our fan base who have shit on him from the beginning. And 
you know, you talk about integrity. I talk with my kids in my classroom about integrity, about doing the right thing when nobody's looking. That's Bruce. Like he personifies that completely. Bruce isn't cutting corners. He isn't doing the wrong thing when no one's looking. And we just treated him like crap from the beginning. We just totally didn't deserve that, man. And we're going to end up looking back on this 10-year run of K-State hoops, whether it's five years from now, 25 years from now. And I bet you we're going to wish that we had the type of success that Bruce had during this 10-year run because there's going to be some times in the future, I feel like, where we're not going to have the success that we think we deserve to have. And we're going to wish that we could have the runs that Bruce put us on. That's all I got. Yeah, so I, I'll say this. Um, and again, I, I don't think when you when you look at things, I, I understand the folks who are saying, hey, K-State basketball is better than missing the tournament in three straight years. Um, I'm hoping whoever we get can lead us to some success. But I think you're right, you know. Long Kruger wasn't able to do it. I mean, Bruce said it in, in his post-game press conference. We had at least three Hall of Famers and and Frank who were in between Jack Hartman and Bruce Weber that weren't able to get us that league title. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say whoever we hire won't get us there. I don't want to sell K-State short. We're a historically a top 25 basketball program of all time. I'm hoping we get there. But here's the thing. In in the modern history, in the three-point era and beyond, you know, Bruce has taken us to the highs that no one else can except for Jack Hartman. And, And, again, I I hope that's not the case. I hope we're not sitting here in 10 years after a failed run from McCaslin and then, uh, you know, uh, Long Kruger's kid. We try to bring him back and find some magic and are sitting here and saying, man, 12 years, we only have five NCAA runs, no Elite Eights, no conference tiles. I hope that's not the case. But, again, I do think folks are going to realize how tough it was to achieve what Bruce did. And here's the other thing. This is the best run the Big 12 has ever been in. The the best. The 10 years Bruce has been here, there has not been a run in the Big 12 that has had as much competition as this one. Folks like to point to some of those Frank teams. Oh, you know, Frank never finished worse than fourth or fifth. And again, I love Frank Martin. I love Frank Martin. This is not to tear down Frank Martin. But those were years where the Big 12 was a three or four bid league. And now if, if, if the Big 12 teams would have done their part, I mean, this could have been a seven bid league. It's probably still going to be a six bid league. Uh, Bruce being able to win it twice at the height of the Big 12. Uh, I, I, I just think those accomplishments, I, I hope we see them again. I, I hope you're wrong. I hope we see them again. Um, but it's tough. What he did was tough. We're going to Evan next. Evan, um, no prompts. Just say whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm always going to be thankful for Bruce. Um, I I don't think I was like a lot of people. I don't think I ever really hated the hire, but I wasn't always that tuned into basketball until uh, later in high school even. Um, and then when I was in college, uh, I was part of the band and got to go on that Elite Eight run with them. It was one of the best experiences of my life. So I'm going to always be thankful for Bruce for that. Um, and... Like when we talk about K-State, we always talk about family. And Bruce is definitely the type of guy that I would want in my family. Like he's just the lovable uncle, grandpa figure that like you would want when you're at like a family reunion. Talking about Pete the Cat and Bamboo and 
everything else. So I'm going to miss Bruce for sure. And I'm going to always be thankful for what he's done here. Yeah, well said. And, and again, I, 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 I want to keep saying this because I, I know, you know, that people will, I don't know if the quote unquote haters still even listen to the show, but I, I, I want to preface this by saying again, I, the, the love for Bruce and what he was able to do is great. But again, I, I understand why it had to happen. This was a move that needed to happen. I don't think, you know, I, I don't think anyone who listens to our show comes on these uh, shows would say, all right, no, let's give him an extension. Let's run it back for another two years. Um, in, in what gets lost in all of this and you talk about the family and people have talked about, you know, seeing stuff on Twitter, seeing stuff on message boards. Um, people are equating appreciating what Bruce was able to do or celebrating him as a good man with not wanting to succeed or accepting mediocrity and all that type of stuff. And I've, I've seen it all, but celebrating achievements that have only been done that haven't been done since 1977 in celebrating the deepest run, you know, Lon had one elite eight run, I believe. Uh, and Frank had one elite eight run. So something that only two other coaches were able to do in that, that's not accepting mediocrity. That is celebrating the achievements and understanding it's time to move on. And there's Chauncey barking, uh, accepting it's time to move on, but just, ex- you don't have to shit on the human and shit on the accomplishments because it's time to move on. You, you need to be able to I, keep those things different. And, you know, I've said that 13 different ways on this show, but it's just, you're still seeing it. It's, it's officially over and you're still seeing it. And, and that's what I just can't get over. But uh, Chris is up on stage. Uh, Chris, uh, you know, I always love hearing from you. Uh, no prompts, just say whatever you want. Yeah, it's been uh, quite the ride um, with Bruce. Um, uh, it, it's kind of pretty surreal now that it's it's officially over and it's time to move on. And I would agree. I think um, 95 to 96% of the fan base. And I think even going back to last year, I think Bruce, he, his goal was to make the NCAA tournament this year. And he knew that if he didn't make it, that it, it was likely going to be time to move on. So I think pretty much everyone knew that if we didn't make it to the NCAA tournament, that he was, his, his time here was done and even Bruce himself. And so the, the idea that like people like want him back or extending him, I think, you know, I think everyone's kind of all on the same page there. And um, yeah, it's been uh, quite the ride. We've had the highs, the lows. um, And uh, I think everyone's kind of gone through the emotions um, as well and so just kind of echoing some of the same thoughts that everyone else has had but um, yeah it, it, it does you kind of look back on the times I will forever remember the years um, with the elite eight run and uh, the big 12 championship run those seasons were uh, some of the top moments in my K-State fandom um, it, it goes up there the, having those feelings where your team is on top and just absorbing all the news and media you can leading up to those uh those times those were great times and so um uh we'll always have those memories of that i think um that's what we can kind of hang on and to remember and so um just hope that he's able to uh ride it out someplace and kind of finish his coaching career um i think i think he'll move on and coach for a few more years somewhere else maybe it's at his alma mater but hopefully I think he, he deserves to have a good, 
um, ending, whether that be at his alma mater or someplace else where he can kind of go out on top. So uh, this just in, Bruce will be addressing the media via Zoom at 1130. Uh, I would say just be tuned in on Twitter to the usual suspects who will, I'm sure, be live tweeting it. Shout out to KSO. They will have it on their YouTube page, I'm sure. Um, So uh, that's why there was no statement included from Bruce Weber in the press release. He will be doing a Zoom meeting with the media at 1130. Um, So just wanted to make sure everyone listening live uh, was able to account for that. Uh, We got uh, Cole next. Cole, no prompts. Um, just let me know what's in your heart. Um, say whatever you want. Yeah, I think um, I'm sure probably everyone else, at least in here, is feeling the same way as me. Is I'm a lot more bummed out than I thought I was going to be. Um, I don't think I would be so sad when this day finally came, even though I kind of knew it was coming. But I think most of my sadness is just in the way that a lot of our fans are handling it and it's just made it so much worse of a situation. Um, You know, I'd like to think that it's a loud minority and that probably around 80% of our fans land somewhere in the middle where we're thinking it's probably time for a change, but we can still look at Bruce and, you know, celebrate the successes that he did have. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm going to hope that that's the case, but I don't really know. Um, just kind of a sad display from a lot of our fans. Um, just has made it really be an ugly situation to me. And uh, especially now that, like, former players are hopping in and, like, people not even associated with our university. It's definitely uh, a dark moment for our fan base. Um I'd like to think overall that we have a good fan base and I think every fan base has good fans and every fan base has bad fans. It's just all about the ratio. Um, So I just hope going forward with us next hire that we can really get behind them and rally behind them. So we don't have to deal with this situation again. It's not really Bruce's fault. It's just kind of, the situation he was in and he didn't have the the results that he needed to stay here. But, um, you know, I will always wish the best for Bruce. I'll always love him. And I think that he has done more for people in our university than I can even fathom. I think he's probably, he's probably donated more to our university and charitable organizations more money than I will probably ever see in my lifetime. So I don't think that anyone that is short of a multimillionaire can call Bruce a failure. Um, You know, he's built a success and he's done it the right way in a profession and an industry that seems to reward people for doing things the wrong way. Um, So I think that's just, Something I'll always remember about Bruce is I'm sure there's a lot of pressure as a head coach of a power five program to kind of bend and break the rules a little bit and maybe do things the wrong way. Um, He stayed true and true and uh, always held a good character. 
loved his players, loved the university, loved the fans. Um, so I will always love him back for that, and I will I will always have his back till the day till the day I die. Really. Well said, Cole. Um, there, I, I forget which journalist it was, but he quoted uh, quote tweeted the Bruce Weber video, then told a story about one time where he was uh, shadowing Tom Izzo for like a week on the recruiting trail, and Tom Izzo found out that Bruce, uh, while he was still in Illinois, was going to uh, be flying from like Akron to somewhere. I don't know. Parish, Parish had it. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, and, and Tom Izzo was going to be flying private and Bruce was going to be waking up at like 4.30 the next morning uh, to be going to the same place. And uh, Tom Izzo reached out to him and said, hey, why don't you just fly with me? And Bruce appreciated, thanked him, all this type of stuff. And then uh, after uh, Bruce and Izzo went their separate ways, Parrish asked Tom Izzo, why would you let a competitor, a guy who you're recruiting against for this guy fly with you privately he said because if you you know if you lose a guy to Bruce Weber he did it the right way and he's going to treat that player the right way Um, and I just think that says a lot about who Bruce is how he's respected and I want to double back to something you said Cole uh, with fans there are bad fans uh, on both sides and I think sometimes I do get caught up in it because I'm part of the K-State fandom, I'm very on Twitter. I have this podcast, so I'm hyper aware of everything that happens. Um, so I, I don't think K-State is unique in it. But, man, it, it is telling to see how many national riders, how many former players, uh, some parents of current players are taking notice of what, is hap- what happened in the arena yesterday with the handful of signs and then what's happening on Twitter. It, it really is telling, and it does really – kind of open your eyes to say, hey, while, you know, Twitter is a little echo chamber, people do get to look in on it. So um, good thoughts as a whole. We'll go to Joel next. Joel, no prompts. Just say whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'd just like to say thanks to Bruce. I got to actually speak with him last night at the game for two seconds as he was walking in the tunnel. I said thank you, and he just kind of Kind of gave me a look and smile and a nod. I mean, Bruce is, like everybody said, just a man of character. And the dude, honestly, he really embodied K-State very well. Like, very gracious, humble, respectful and everything he did. Yeah, he was goofy and stuff. But I kind of love that about him now looking back at it. Like, the Pete the Cat stuff was so goofy. But it's fun and it's college. And that's what college is about. It's just fun. And people kind of forget that a lot, that, it's still just a game and stuff, but I don't know. I'll never forget some of the memories he gave us, that KU game, probably the most incredible experience of my college time, to be honest, and Bruce gave us that. And uh, the the Elite Eight that he gave us, incredible. Um, I tweeted this out, and, like, I think it should be said again on here is, you shouldn't ever actively root for another person to lose their job. I think that's disgusting. What happened in the arena last night, I think was disgusting. What I've been seeing on Twitter a lot, I think is disgusting. We need to, as a whole fan base, take a look at ourselves because like you just said, recruits are seeing this, parents are seeing this. It's it's, uh, reflecting very poorly on the university. Um, And I hope the next guy we get, like Cole said, I hope everybody's fully behind him. Because, I mean, the 
the positive side and the negative side of this Twitter war thing that's going on, we all want the same ending, and everybody's got to realize that we're all hoping for for the best for K State. Hope uh hope we don't lose a lot of players. I think uh last night on social media might have really turned quite a few people off, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. So so yeah, just thank you, Bruce. Uh, love you forever, my guy, uh, Big Daddy Bruce. And uh, never forget that picture of him with that Gucci main book. That was elite content. Yeah, shout out to a friend of the pod, Emily Starkey. It was her intern group at K-State that did those game day poster bumper videos and pictures that inclu- for that uh, Big 12 championship that included Bruce with Gucci main. Uh, I think it was Austin Trice eating cereal out of the Big 12 championship. Dean with the uh, fake tattoo and the dogs, Cam with the cats, uh, Barry with the goats. Um, So Emily Starkey was one of the folks behind all of that. I want to go to the chat and and I want to give a shout out to Luke Townsend who said this, a vocal KSU Twitter is probably dot, 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 uh, 200 to 300 accounts. Of that small minority of the overall fan base, the negative voices tend to get the most attention. I love Twitter, but you have to remember it isn't a great representation of the fan base. I agree with that completely. And and I do think that it is important to say on this, the vast majority of K-State fans are not either on Twitter or active on Twitter or on message boards or participate uh, with on message boards. But here's the thing. Those... Folks who are on Twitter, and you, you said it, the negative stuff gets the most attention. It does get noticed, and it does get picked up by sports talk radio, by national basketball riders, by the former players, by the current players. And then that does become, for better or worse, uh, you know, perception becomes reality. And I, I'm someone who says, I'm someone who says Twitter isn't real life, and, and I, I do kind of believe that to an extent. But when so much of the sporting world so much of the college sports world operates inside of twitter the players the recruits the parents the national riders um perception becomes reality pretty quick pretty quick and and while i agree with you if you took a poll of you know the millions of k-state alumni the million or probably I don't know if it's millions, hundreds of thousands of alumni, hundreds of thousands of fans, whoever, and said, hey, give me your opinions on Bruce. I think it probably matches up better with what's going on in this green room versus the message boards versus the anonymous Twitter accounts, which, you know, I know my name on there is Scott Wildcat. Everyone in the world knows my actual identity, so I, I don't include myself as being an anonymous person on Twitter. Um. But I, I, I do think that you're correct. It, it is the minority of K-State fans, but it, but perception becomes reality. And I really do, and we a lot of us have said it, I really hope the next guy doesn't have to deal with this and that we give him a shot and we invest as fans from the jump if, if it's not Brad. Um, you know, I, that that's really what um, I hope. Um, we're, uh, anyone who wants to jump up, please request – uh, to jump up. We'll go until about 1120. So we'll go at least another 20 minutes and then I'll uh, cut this because I'll want to follow Twitter when the uh, Bruce meets with the media at 1130. But um, until someone else new hops up, gives their thoughts, we'll just kind of, oh, we got Jeff. We'll uh, we'll get Jeff before we do some stuff in a uh, 
roundtable. Jeff, any uh, give any thoughts? I, I know you've been one to kind of keep me grounded, and it turned out you're right with how the season was going to go. But um, give any thoughts about uh, this situation? No other. Pre- well, yeah, you know, I'm, I am sad. You know, I was sad when we fired Jim Woldridge, you know, because, you know, we get invested in these teams and we want to succeed. We want the, we want them all to succeed because they're, they're good people. Um, and for me, I think a lot of my anger was misdirected. Um, I had to remind myself a lot that I really should have been mad at John Curry because I didn't like the way I didn't think it was very professional how he treated um, Frank Martin and, you know, how he went about that search. And so once I, once he was gone, I think I accepted Bruce a little more, Um, you know, but I was just wrapped up in wanting him to be wrong. Um, So... But you know, it was time to go. You can't you can't go ten, nine and nine in three years and expect to hang around a lot. Um you know, I don't know. I've tried to just stay off the Twitter and I've seen something, but I don't know, I just hope something positive can come out of this and and uh I am thankful for the fun that we've had over the past ten years with Bruce. Um it's true, you know, I'm kind of worried that that we will never experience that again. Um, but, you know, I, I think our program is, in, is bigger than, than Bruce Weber and we can, we can just get past it and move forward. I think we'll be okay, so that's it. Yeah, I, I have no doubt that we, we can be okay. And, and I, I think we will return to uh, going to tournaments. You know, is it going to be, you know, four out of six years like it was with the um, Huggins-Frank Martin era of six years? Um, I don't know. Is it going to be five out of ten like it was with Bruce? I'm not sure. Um, you you got to hope that it's closer to a three out of four, four out of five. Because I think that's what K-State basketball has historically been. It's historically been a top 25 program. I don't think it's wrong to want that. And, and again, I don't think anyone has said that they believe Bruce should have come back. Um, but the basketball program it was bigger than Tex Winter, was better, bigger than Jack Hartman, was bigger than Frank Martin. It's going to be bigger than Bruce Weber. Um, and, and I do believe in John Curry. I believe – or not John Curry – uh, I believe in Gene Taylor. And, hell, you know what? Again, I don't think John Cur- – John Curry did not handle things at the end of Frank Martin's tenure well. But, you know, he he did hire Bruce. And, again, a- against what the fans wanted, Bruce did bring us those two trophies. He went on a tournament run. So, um, again, I, I'm not a John Curry fan. And I shouldn't say that because, spoiler alert, I'm going to attempt to get John Curry on the podcast this summer. Um, maybe to talk about all of this, but uh, I, I I believe in Gene Taylor, and I, I think we will uh, we will st- the basketball program will still be there, and I think we still have some highs to go. Um, we're going to go roundtable for the next 17 minutes again. If anyone wants to hop up, you can, and we'll go right to you. Uh, we'll go to Zach next. We're coming back to you. Um, you know the the Bruce 
Weber era is over, and this will just be the question I'll ask everyone up on stage, how much confidence do you have in the fan base backing the next guy? Um, it's a great question. See, I've argued all year on Twitter that there are a lot of circumstances beyond Bruce Weber's performance. Not, well, you know what I mean. The program's performance for why attendance is down. It's it's down across college basketball. So if anybody's expecting just anybody to walk in and have 12,528 fans exactly next year for every game, they're, they're just wrong. It's not going to happen, I don't think, at least. I think they need to f- the, the next you know coach needs to focus on packing this, the student section and because that's where most of the noise comes from. And in terms of confidence of the next coach bringing, you know, the fans back, I think that if they nail the presser when they get hired, if it's not Brad, then they can at least get the students to fully buy in. Yep, no, I I agree. Um, And here's, here's the other thing. If you want to talk about student attendance and all that type of stuff, again, it uh, they've had they've had sections taken away because of lack of student tickets sold. I think there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. It goes beyond just you know who the coach is. I think a lot of it goes to demographics and how fans uh, take in uh, sports. Um, so I I think there's a lot of it that goes into all of that. So I I am interested. I, I'll be interested to see the fan base reaction. I'll be interested to see not only ticket sales, but actual ticket attendance because ticket sales were not as bad as people think. Uh, But we'll move on to Jimmy. Jimmy, um, you know, I talked earlier in the show about how, yes, you know, the Twitter, the message board fans, they are the minority of the fan base as a whole, but they are the loudest. Uh, What sort of confidence do you have that the uh, fan base will fully embrace whoever the next? I think it's higher just because – The Frank Bruce thing was was a, was a pretty unique situation too. Looking back, and and everything that went down with how Frank left and how we hired Bruce and and Bruce kind of coming out of thin air. I mean, I don't think he was on anybody's list back then. Looking thinking back to message boards and things like that. I mean, it was just it was a bizarre thing, and you know, it, it's it's unlikely we're gonna hire a guy that had just been fired from a previous job, which, you know, that was part of the Bruce stick too. Um, There's just so many dynamics in that, you know, the only way you could do worse is to hire someone like Greg Marshall and, or Mark Turgeon. And then I think you'd have a a good burn it down fan base, including myself um, with someone like that. So that's the big thing. Um, I think, you know, one of the key things we'll, we'll watch is, you know, I think, Bruce came right in and kept the team together for the most part. So watching if the next coach can come in and especially keep Nigel Pack. I posted a bunch of his stats on Twitter and he's got a pretty phenomenal track record right now. So um, if if we can keep him around, I think he can legitimately be one of the all-time greats at K-State and having him for the first two years for the next coach would be a pretty good thing to have. So, Lots of dynamics, but I do think most hires, most hires we can have will be better than what we had last time when, when Bruce. 
I have said a handful of times I'll never go full burn it down again. Um, but if, if, and, and Gene Taylor won't do it, but if we were to hire Greg Marshall, I would, I would, I would never talk to Gene Taylor again. I would never go to a basketball game until Greg Marshall is gone. So I, I like to say that I've matured. I'll never go full burn it down again, but Greg Marshall would be the end of me as a Gene Taylor fan and the end of me as a K-State basketball fan. And, uh, even beyond what I was for Bruce Weber, because I was still a season ticket holder for seven out of the 10 seasons of actually six out of the 10 seasons that Bruce was there, even though, you know, I was burn it down for some of those, but I, I would, I would be done forever. For, for as long as Gene Taylor was around, I'd be done if Greg Marshall was the coach. And um, we'll go to Nick next. Nick, um, do you think the Twitter fan base, the message board fan base, is going to fully embrace this guy? Or what level of uh, embrace do you think the next guy will get? And let's just for uh, the purpose of this argument say it's not Brad. Well, that would be the uh, conversation just in the fact of if it's not Brad, then – I think the fan base and message board people will resent whoever's next, even if it's a phenomenal hire. Um, I think the fans will still resent if it's not Brad, which it sucks because there are some great coaches out there that are flying under the radar. But in reality, the uh, the fans want Brad. And if they don't get what they want, then they're going to bitch and moan and uh, resent whoever's next. Yeah, I, I think there is, there is part of that. Uh, we'll go to Justin next. Justin, uh, you and I have been in the same corners, uh, you know, the last couple of years when it comes to, um, you know, kind of fighting back a little bit on the message boards and on Twitter. How much of that pushback do you think there still will be with the next era? Well, I think it goes back to what you said earlier, where, you know, the the vocal minority who hated Bruce from the beginning are probably going to be satisfied with pretty much anybody we get outside of like a Greg Marshall, like you said, just because it won't be Bruce. So I think for that alone, most of the fan base will be pretty united on whoever the hire is. But at the same time, then you factor in how badly, you know, our fans want Brad and not just that they want Brad, like there's like this entitlement and deservingness that goes along with, you know, we deserve to have Brad. You fucked it up the first time. Don't fuck it up this time. We deserve to have Brad. So anytime you have that sentiment, you know, factored in, it's going to make for some irrational takes and some unreasonable expectations. But I think for the most part, we'll be pretty united as long as it's not somebody like you said, Greg Marshall or Tim Miles or, whoever. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go full burn it down if it's 10 miles, but I would, I would say that there is a better chance that long Kruger comes out of retirement and is the next head coach at K state than 10 miles. Um, so um, we'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, Chris, uh, we got about nine minutes left. We'll do like one quick hitter for anyone who's still up on stage. And if anyone else wants to hop in and get their voice heard one more time, uh, please request and I will accept. But uh, where's your confidence level? If, it, if, it, if it's not Brad, um, what do you think the fan base reaction will be? Will they have a better, uh, you know, honeymoon period than Brad? Yeah, I'm pretty confident that whoever the next coach is will have a 
a better honeymoon period than Bruce did. Um, just to kind of echo what uh, Jimmy said, he kind of came in in an interesting uh, time. Uh, and he also had to follow Frank Martin, who was this cult of personality that fans loved. And I also think um, fans didn't really give him a chance after uh, his tenure at Illinois just because he was fired from Illinois. So I think Bruce kind of had that going against him as coming to K-State. Uh, so he was always kind of um, fighting pressure from the beginning, so to speak. And so uh, I think whoever the next coach will be, I'm pretty confident that they'll have a better honeymoon period. And I think fans will, will depending on who it is, if it's a decent hire, I think fans will, will like it. Um, unless like you mentioned some of the, like Greg Marshall or some of those out there candidates, that I don't think really have a realistic shot. Um, and I don't, see gene taylor ever hiring um so i think they'll they'll have a better chance and opportunity to have some fan support so uh it'll be interesting uh to see nonetheless all right we're going to do this uh we'll, we'll just do one more round table question unless anyone wants to pop up to finish it off um we, we did this question to end it yesterday we'll we'll do it today just give me uh, give me an off the beaten path a Bruce Weber memory that was your favorite and your favorite Bruce Weber era player. Um, here's my kind of off the beat and path, uh, you know, favorite Bruce Weber memory. And again, this is a behind the scenes uh, type thing. Um, it was after we interviewed with Bruce and he was telling us a story about how anytime he goes somewhere, if he's wearing like, you know, a suit or a black jumpsuit or something, everyone always shouts at him, hey, coach, where, where's your purple? Where's your purple? He was demonstrating that as he was walking out of the meeting room. We, we met with him in the ice building. He goes, oh, I always have purple on. I always have purple on. And then he kind of drops his sweatpants a little bit to show that he is always wearing purple boxer briefs. Um, the guy was hilarious. The guy was funny. Um, I, I think he, he – in a different world would have really been truly celebrated and embraced by K-State fans because he's a funny guy. He's a goofy guy. And he loved K-State. And then my favorite Bruce era player, honestly, and, and this, this might, you know, kind of surprise some people because of how tough I was on Dean Wade early in the beginning of this podcast, but the way he was able to, uh, you know, develop. He was a small town Kansas kid. What he's doing in the NBA now, I'm just kind of thinking back. And again, it's kind of you look back at what Dean was able to do um, versus maybe how I appreciate him in the moment. That That's where I am. So that th that's my favorite off the beaten path, uh, Bruce one. If you don't have one, you can say the championships. You can say the Elite Eight. But I'd like a funny favorite Bruce memory and your favorite uh, Bruce player. We'll go to Zach next. Uh, sorry about that. What's the question again, Scott? Just a favorite kind of more like funny, goofy Bruce memory, something you'll remember him for outside of the Elite Eight, the Big 12 championships, and then, uh, you know, your favorite Bruce era play. Um, man, that's, that's a tough one. I really don't know off the top of my head. I'm blanking at this point. Um, I do know that I would see him in public because, you know, it's Manhattan's not large by any stretch. And I just found it funny how goofy he was in real life. And I'm like, in a good way, like, I'm like, 
that's just a guy who loves life. Like, really, that's just... I love seeing that, and I posted on Twitter last night um, something about how I gave him the classic white guy smile and wave as he pulled into the east parking lot at, you know, Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and he acknowledged me, and I was just like, the way he did it was just so innocent and goofy. I don't know. It's, it's weird. But when it comes to, like, um, best favorite player, it's got to be – it's Barry Brown by a mile for me. That guy was a dog. I loved him. Um, I always liked him. But when he pickpocketed Trey Young, like, what felt like 15 times against OU, that was, like, the night he won me over for Awesome. We'll go to Jimmy. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Um, I would say the the fun memory was uh, the goofy dance at um, the Midnight Madness type thing um, that I made a gif of that I probably will post one more time today at some point. Um, that was my f- funny, goofy thing. I mean, goof- Bruce did a lot of goofy things that aren't normal for, you know, alpha type coaches. And I think all of it just put together um, are the things that I liked that that were just different. And you, you weren't used to that kind of, especially after Frank um, from a coach. Um, then my favorite player would be Barry Brown from this era. I think it may end up being Nigel Pack um, later on down the road if he stays around. But, but Barry was an alpha, um, was the leader of that team that went to the lead eight, won a big 12 title. And I think he was the difference maker for Bruce. And I think, you know, Bruce needed to find another one of those guys. And I don't know if he quite had it on this team. I think Noel was close. I don't think Pac's quite that kind of guy, but um, hopefully the next coach can can find guys like that that can build another special run at case. Nick. Yeah, so kind of talked about it last night. Nice for the player wise, but uh, favorite memory. I mean, obviously, just the Big 12 championships and the Elite Eight runs. Um, that that group is special, and then just what he in, inherited from Frank and what he was able to do with those guys. Um, those were just some common, fairly easy memories. But uh, it's like I was saying last night, my favorite player would probably have to be Dean Wade. Uh, he took a chance on a small town kid. Uh, from St. John, and I come from a small town out in central Kansas, so when somebody like that gets a chance at a D1 Power 5 school, whether that be football or basketball, uh, you kind of root for that guy. So Dean Wade was always my favorite uh, from the Bruce era, close close behind Barry Brown, but Dean takes the edge just of the closeness. So. Thanks. Justin? So my favorite Bruce memory is kind of like a like a supercut of you know post game interviews on the court or halftime and or you know pressers afterwards. He would always lean in and get this super intense look on his face and like dart his tongue in and out of his mouth. And he's really, I mean, it looked weird and it was awkward as hell, just like a lot of things with Bruce. 
but he's really just trying to focus super hard to understand the question so he could give the best honest answer possible. And I think that's another representation of what a lot of us have said about Bruce, about how good of a guy he is. And then obviously the best pair in his tenure at K-State was Barry Brown. Jimmy said it. He was a big, big time dog. And those are my favorite players, you know, and Noel has that in him. I hope he can be more like Barry was. But yeah, Barry. Chris. Yeah, I like the all the the memes that came out <laughs> during the years and being able to uh, text some of those pictures after wins and uh, say Big Daddy Bruce or something like that. Those are always fun. Uh, just the collection of all those goofy pictures, uh, like the one after we beat Kentucky where he has his hands up in the air and his suit's like coming up above his neck. And that's a great one. I think no context college basketball tweeted that this morning or last night. <laughs> so uh, those are always good. Um, favorite players. There's a lot of them um, really liked uh, DJ. Uh, and then, um, then moving on to the big three uh, in that class. So you had Barry Dean and uh, Cam, those, those three guys were all fun to watch. And then, um, and then now Nigel, I really hope he can, he'll stay, uh, because I think there's, he ha has the potential to have, um, a really good career at K-State. And I think, I think, um, if we can nail the hire, I think, uh, the next coach has a good, um, group of guys that could, you would have success pretty soon. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility where if you, can get the right coach to keep those guys, um, then they'll have success. So yeah, Nigel was up there, but, but yeah, uh, just, yeah, him just being a good guy, Bruce and kind of goofy in like an innocent way and the memes. And uh, I think we'll, we'll always have that Pete the cat. So that, that was, that was cool this year. Appreciate it, Chris. We'll go to Hayes and then we'll let Luke uh, who's hopped up for the first time, uh, kind of close us out. Um, Hayes, just uh, favorite off the beaten path Bruce memory, and then favorite player from the Bruce. Uh, yeah, for the favorite memory, I'm just going to go with Bruce's patented uh, six-man defense. Uh, it's always great when you can fit six players onto the floor. Um, and then my favorite player, I think I'm actually just going to go with Cardi Adyara. Uh I always just love the energy he played with. That dunk will forever living infamy. I always like the players that don't get um, as much love as like the Berries and Deans. And I don't know if anyone's noticed, but uh, he's been in the building a few times this year. So that was kind of cool to see. There's obviously, um, at least it seems there's not like bad blood left over after he left and everything. Something uh, underrated about Bruce. Bruce does a lot of things to help his guys uh, on and off the floor uh, in their personal lives, all that type of stuff. And uh, I, I think that Cardi might uh, fit under that as well. And uh, we'll just uh, close it out. Last speaker of the day, we'll go to Luke. Luke, uh, you can do your memories. You can say whatever you want about Bruce and uh, just kind of get your thoughts out there. And then we'll call this, uh, call this Spotify green room wrap. Uh, yeah. So I'd say the um, Bruce memories, the, general Bruce sideline antics. So yeah, the him stepping out and doing the sixth man, but also his like power stance or like his borderline like volleyball ready position half the time. And then him yelling and echoing Barry <laughs> throughout Cranbridge. Uh Barry Brown, definitely the favorite player. 
his mid-range game that had all the analytics people up in arms. But uh, I guess another player is on the court highs. I love Marcus Foster's game. Um, obviously, some other off the court and you know other things notwithstanding. I loved his on the court game. Awesome. I appreciate it. So um, we're going to call that a wrap. I'll, I'll say this. Um, if breaking news happens until uh, color cast, which is our official sponsor, we will continue to do uh, live shows weekly over there. And they have a fun feature where you can kind of commentate alongside of a game where you have the box scores up and going. So we'll integrate that into the live shows next week with the tournament going on in the following week. Um, but if there's crazy breaking news until they have an MP3 capability and until they get Android, we will still come over here for live shows that we can publish. Thank you to everyone who came on. Thank you to everyone listening to this. Tweet at me at Scott Wildcat or at Bosco's Boys. Um, you know, it, I, I'm sure some folks listening disagree. If you want to voice that, feel free to at me. Um, that's completely fine. Uh, we'll, we'll go to it again. Next week is going to be a busy week of shows. I uh, might have a five episode week. So stay tuned. Some big news coming on Monday. Um, and yeah, we love you guys. Go K state and hashtag. Thank you, Bruce.
Social Podcast Network.